0: Hi, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. This is episode number 42. This episode is brought to you by Inventables, a new CNC solution for your business. Make bigger projects faster with the X-Carve Pro. You can see it in action at XCarvePro.com. All right. For today's episode of the Shop Notes podcast, um, I was going to focus a little bit on some of the projects that I've been working on. Okay. And not that I'm trying to dominate the conversation, but I've tried to be a little bit more proactive about being in my shop this week, even though it's been colder. Yeah, sure. So, um, one of the first things is, uh I'll put a link to it in the show notes page is, I have really come to love my drill press powered edge sander. We did it as a project in Shop Notes years ago and um, I don't know why. It's just biases that you pick up but uh, I've always been a little biased against the edge sander as a concept Not sure why, probably because it's related to sanding, you know, and you should Mm -hmm. get your edges with a hand plane or just make sure that it's a clean cut off the saw, blah, blah, blah. However, I have watched the work habits of a one Mr. John Doyle, and he is an edge sander master. Yeah. And has inspired me to kind of overcome my... My, my inner bias. Well, plus, I will say that some of, like, the big edge sander that we have in the shop can be a little intimidating of a machine. Mm-hmm. Like, I've sanded my knuckles a few times. Oh, yeah. And had to go walk 15 feet to pick up the piece that got
1: shafted out of my hand. And Yeah, well, and it can eat through a lot of stock really quickly with a new yeah. belt, you know? Right.
2: And that's why I'm an edge sander master, because I'm a bandsaw amateur. (laughs) It's like, get it within three sixteenths to an eighth of an inch and just sand it all off the rest. Sand to the line. There you go. But I
0: I guess what's funny to me is, uh, having watched you even do that with uh, plywood pieces too you know you'll cut something on the table saw or uh, miter saw or something and then just go fine tune an edge or an end uh, using the edge sander and I just thought was I don't know I don't know so I, anyway just and I've had that happen over this quarantine where i've been in my shop more often so i've figured out a way to get it set up on my drill press pretty quickly now so it doesn't take a lot of time and i have it tuned and a nice belt on it so that it works it works really well it's kind of kind of shocking to me on how nice it is to be able to either clean up an edge or to uh, refine a profile and what made me think of it this week is I'm working on uh, a couple of cutting boards. One of these was the same pattern that is in our current issue of the magazine. And then one is one that that, uh, Dylan Baker came up with that I saw sitting on his bench. So I traced it, probably unbeknownst to him. Mm -hmm. It's got kind of, for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube or on the show notes page, it's got kind of like a meat cleaver shape to it. But I realized that instead of trying to emulate some kind of crazy wood machete look that it's for you know you chop something and now you have a handle and you can just dump it right
2: into your cooking pot so and I just needed to what's that? makes a great paddle too right yeah I mean if you're on
1: (laughs) oh see I was going like paddling kids that's where I went initially no 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 (laughs) No, no, no. no. of course not no.
0: So anyway, I had to clean up edges, uh, and on end grain with hard maple is not something I want to do with a sanding block or hand tools. Really, I'm just not that guy. Yeah. But that Although, little that little edge sander that I have took care of it lickety toot.
1: Yeah. I will say though, it is. I found it easy with an older belt to scorch. Oh yeah. Maple too. Yeah. So you have to be, you have to watch that fine line and be careful.
0: Right. And I think that's probably where my intimidation and animosity with our shop one came from is because it either has a new belt or a really old glazed belt. Mm-hmm. So the new belt is will just snatch something out of your hands and fling it, mm-hmm. you know. Or the old belt will Light it on fire almost instantly.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, you know, and yeah. I, I think that the the drill press edge sander kind of has an advantage over a big one, because um, the big ones you can kind of stall out. They're direct drive, right? So like the motor's hooked to one of the rollers, right? Uh, where with the drill press, you have some like mechanical advantage there with pulleys and stuff. So I feel like you might get a little more torque. Uh, which is not always needed or a good thing, but, you know, like our shop built at Shander we have in our uh, TV studio where John's sitting, uh, I've stalled that one out before. You know, if you're pushing really hard on a big plywood piece, you can kind of slow it down and stall it out. So uh, I feel like, you know, the drill press edge Shander might have a little advantage there. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I think so too. And the other thing is, is with the drill, be, going along with what you're saying is, you can change the speed,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, so I can dial it down if I'm working on, you know, maybe harder materials that are more likely to scorch or speed it up if I need to work a little quicker or something like that, so. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I've also found that, uh, and this was something that I had talked about with Chris because when he designed the two drill press edge sanders that we've done, is that uh, a coarse belt is the preferred one for an edge sander just because it removes material quickly and isn't as likely to have heat build up as a finer grit mm-hmm. you know so even though they make belts you know up to 220 and even higher i think that you know he recommended going with an 80 grit and leaving it at that so Which is nice because it works really quickly, and you think 80 grit that it looks like it's been gnawed on, but it doesn't. It's a pretty smooth edge. Yeah. Anyway, that's one of the projects that I've been, or I guess two projects that
2: I've been working on this week, so. Mm -hmm. So you say you're making uh, cutting boards for Christmas gifts, or? or
0: Uh, They were more
2: like leftover pieces of wood, Mm -hmm. and
0: I had them sitting around as potential projects. So I'm trying to get these cleared up and yeah. out. Like they just.
2: Yeah, that's always good. Just uh, get the easy stuff finished and out the door, and yeah, clear the space. Yeah, one of them I think is going to be a Christmas project
0: or present, but the other one I'm not sure what I'm going to do with yet. Mm-hmm. But if I have it done, then I can store it out of my shop somewhere else, and you know, if I need a last-minute gift for something or for mm-hmm. somebody or. You know,
2: then I have, have a few in the hopper. Mm-hmm. You were probably trying to be all covert about it, and I just like blew the surprise for
1: <laughs>
2: whoever <laughs> is watching or listening to this. So sorry about that. Yeah, no, you're fine.
0: It's It'll for still me. Be isn't it was yeah, it it for me. No, yeah, Sorry, I ruined it. That's why I didn't hold up the other side because it says yeah. to John Doyle.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll still act surprised. <laughs> The other thing that I'm working on is uh, we're doing kind of a joint fun project with popular woodworking on uh, Christmas ornaments, Christmas tree. So I've been uh, working on a few of those that I have hanging in the shop right here. One of them was inspired by the Christmas catalog from Lee Valley. So in addition to all the stuff that I want to buy from that catalog, the cover had this fun little carved tree on it
2: Mm
0: -hmm. so uh and I had a bunch of pine that I've been messing around with in the shop so I thought I'd try and make something similar to it Mm -hmm. so I did that um and got to use a shave horse that I picked up from a recent company auction uh, that we featured in the magazine, and I wrote the article for it, the the project article. Uh, Ted Krylichek, one of our former designers, designed and built the original. So uh, it's kind of fun to be able to use, and just a different, enjoyable way of working. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I wanted to do one other ornament just to be kind of fun about it, and I wasn't sure what I was gonna do and was kind of racking my brain over it and then it came to me uh, I have one of my favorite artists is a guy who is a mid-century modern guy Charlie Harper I'm holding up one of his books here Mm -hmm. and he has he's done a variety of birds and things like that and I saw his cardinal Mm -hmm. or one of his cardinal versions so I'll put a photo of that on the show notes page so i did a pair of cardinals i'm not quite done with the painting so i did a i did a male and a female Mm -hmm. again using some leftover pine that i had um, and then got to do some did some painting with general finishes acrylic milk paint Um, and that was fun working with pine just doing, well, so what I did differently is Charlie Harper's is, work is real geometrical curves and circles and straight lines and things like that. So I softened it up by creating little carved facets on the edges and on the tail and that kind of thing, just to give it a little
2: bit of depth and uh, personality. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, there's nothing that makes you feel more like a superhero than having a sharp hand tool and pine. <laughs> like, that's exactly yes. right
0: because the little knife that i was using you know i roughed it all out on the bandsaw and then you know i had my carving knife and all of a sudden it's just like zhoop, zhoop, zhoop. oh mm-hmm. i guess this is going to go a lot quicker than i thought
2: yep yep yeah i was working with pine recently and had a sharp hand plane and chisel and it's like yeah i'm a pretty good woodworker <laughs> <laughs> made me feel good so Cool. Yeah. You guys got anything? I don't know. It seems like since we got the TV show done and we are kind of at the beginning cycle of a new issue, it's like I have time to get all of these projects that I have on my to-do list started. And it's just like, I'm all excited and running around and like not really getting anything accomplished. Just getting a lot of things started. I don't know if you ever go through. (laughs) cycles like that oh yeah so, oh, I'm, gonna, which, I'm gonna get all these things done and i'm gonna do them and but a lot of a lot of startups but then i need to get to the the finishing yeah step which is the hardest part so which is why i'm working on those
0: cutting boards yeah because i had started them a while ago and just mm-hmm. kind of
2: tucked them away and it's just a lot of visual clutter yeah So, yeah, it was funny. I was in my garage yesterday and had, you know, been working on the playhouse for my kids this summer. And I had a piece of the the siding plywood that we had used. And I had it just up on sawhorses because I was sanding something or whatever. And they saw that plywood on the sawhorses like, oh, dad, you're building the door for our playhouse. Oh, and they were so excited. And it's just like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I wasn't, but now nope. I feel bad, and maybe I should work <laughs> on it. But so I don't know. We'll see. I, I've got to shut that down for for the season, hopefully. But
1: uh, winterize can, it.
2: Yeah, winterize it. Okay. So but, a lot of spray foam, triple <laughs> yeah, pane windows. Yeah, there you go. I just need to close it all up with foam panels, and be good yep. to go.
1: Couple so, gallons of antifreeze. Yep. (laughs) Make sure you flush the toilet. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, that wasn't a toilet in the (laughs) playhouse. I just winterized our camper. So, yeah, you got to do all that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad when we get the 50 degree days. It's like, oh, this is a nice day. Let's go outside. And it's not really that warm, but better than the 30 degree days. So, yeah
1: so i've been experimenting with that uh i think last week we talked about i was experimenting with that uh desiccant gel oh yeah yeah about how i had roughed out a bunch of bowls so i had a revelation okay and this is you guys ever have those revelations where you're like yeah duh i knew that duh what was i thinking okay (laughs) here's my dumb moment okay If you seal a bowl, a rough turned bowl blank with type on two, which is a waterproof glue, it doesn't allow moisture to come out. Okay. like I mean, that's kind of a I can see where you're going. That's kind of a dumb moment, right? (laughs) So I, I had rough turned these two hickory bowls. okay, and I'm in the shop here and I don't have any of my anchor seal here. I used to actually keep a gallon of anchor seal here. But I, I got low at home, so I took it home at one point, and I ran out of anchor seal. So what am I doing? I'm going around finding all the chunky, expired, you know, 12, 12-year-old glue that we have. <laughs> and I'm scraping out the bottom of bottles just to get rid of some of them, but I'm sealing some of these bowls with, with glue, right? I mean, it's a great end seal. It's a great sealer. It works great. Sure. So I took him home, and I was like, yeah, all right, let's 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 try this thing. Let's get the one of these hickory bowls all dried out in this desiccant gel. So I found a, uh, a rubber made tub I had at home. It was round. It fit the bowl perfectly. So I dumped the three gallons of desiccant gel on there. Uh, I'm like, okay, here we go. This is perfect. This is going to be easy. You know, you show the, the guy on YouTube pulled the, his bowl out the next day, and it measured, like, 7% moisture. This is going to be awesome. I pulled it out the next day, and there was fissures all over. There's cracks everywhere that there was not glue. Oh, mm-hmm. and I'm like, duh, the glue is blocking all moisture from escaping those areas. So I just I basically ruined one of these bowls. Uh, which I mean, it was it was kind of an experiment, anyways. Right. And some of my uh, some of my experiences sawing hickory. I know it likes to move and twist and crack and stuff. So not that surprising. And it was kind of a uh, It was an experiment anyways. I wasn't terribly concerned. Um, I'll still probably uh, square a bunch of epoxy into those cracks uh, to hold them together and do something with it, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a uh, ash bowl that I had rough turned. So I grabbed that and uh, brought it back in here. And I, I think one of the issues I had with the hickory bowls is I left them very thick uh most most of the stuff i saw on youtube mentioned that you should have them fairly thin so about about one inch thick uh which is most of everything i watched was on guys drying these bowls uh that were about 10 to 12 inches in diameter and just leave a bowl rough turned at uh 10% of the diameter in wall thickness. So a 10-inch bowl, you should leave it one inch thick to dry. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, they're still adhering to the 10% rule. So these bowls being 18 or 19 inches, I'm leaving, you know, inch and three-quarter thick. Uh, But I decided on this ash one that I wanted to, I was going to thin it out. So I did, I thinned it out yesterday morning, maybe, or maybe the day before. Anyways, a couple days ago, I thinned this out uh to about an inch thick and i got home and i took all the desk gel and stuck it in the oven for three hours to dry back out because it did absorb a bunch of moisture and then i buried this thing uh and i, I dug it out this morning um and it's
0: pretty dry
1: i mean oh yeah yeah, so I, it was. I measured it, and I measured it in a couple different areas. And to be fair, the three gallons of desiccant gel I had was not quite enough to cover this thing. So I had some layers that were some areas that were really, really thin on the desiccant gel. I had some styrofoam blocking in the bottom to take up some voids, you know. Um, but you know, this thing measured out uh, to be approximately, depending on where I where I measured it, uh, about. 14 percent which is pretty much standard air dry in iowa okay No. okay so i brought it in today and stuck it on the lathe and i finished basically turning it uh so it's if you guys are looking on youtube um it's pretty much turned to the shape i want uh there was a couple it did come out with one or two cracks on it uh, but i was able to spin those out um and, and get them taken out of there. There's a few small ones on the inside where the end grain is, and I might stick this back on the lathe and take a couple more cuts on the inside. Uh, but overall, I am pretty happy with shape, size, you know, the drying process on it. I did uh, this morning order a couple more gallons of desiccant gel just so I have enough for a bowl that size. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to call it Mission Semi-Successful. Okay. Uh, I did discover that i think if i'm going to do big bowls like this uh that i need to order a different tool rest for our lathe here in the shop because there is some definitely some limitations on reaching the inside of a bowl you get your your bowl gouge really cantilevered over the tool rest and it starts putting a lot of torque uh luckily the the jimmy clues uh tools that i'm using i made the handle for it and it's really long so i can counteract the torque um but yeah, it, you know I'm gonna say it was mission semi-successful, so I'm pretty happy with it. So All right. I think I think we're gonna start uh, pounding out some more bowls and burying them in desket gel and see what happens. Cool. So, yeah. We are pause
0: here for a moment to remind you that this episode of the Shop Notes broadcast is brought to you by Inventables, who have a new CNC solution perfect for a small business. You can make bigger projects faster. With the X Carve Pro. Check it out. It's at xcarvepro.com.
1: So, I, I still have not figured out why you're not supposed to eat desiccant gel. Mm. You know, everything says do not eat desiccant packets. I'm sure it's not good for you. I just want to know what would happen. Right.
0: Probably right. just sucks all the moisture out of you and you go all like mm. Mother
1: Gothel from uh, Tangled okay i mean that sounds like a great way for wrestlers to cut weight right (laughs) you just gotta pass the desiccant.
0: (laughs) or they just fill up a stock tank with desiccant and then they have the wrestlers just sit in it there you go Mm
1: -hmm. yeah my son saw those uh the other day when i was drying them out he's like are those orbeez and i was like "Mm, (laughs) no but kind of Hmm. so so yeah uh i'm I'm excited to i'm gonna I actually sealed this thing with some shellac uh, just to I think it might be a hair wet in some areas still, um, so I sealed it with some shellac to hopefully keep it from moving a ton while I was uh coming out here to do this podcast, but I'm gonna hit it with some more sandpaper and um hopefully smooth it out and then then I'm gonna throw some walnut oil on it, so
2: all right, yeah. So where are we at on the fifty bowls in fifty weeks this year? Uh, yeah, this is bowl good? number like twelve. Okay, so we got to hit it hard the end of the year. Right.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, these last uh,
0: eight nine weeks we're gonna have to go. Have to go go nuts. Okay.
2: Go I think we can do it. Yeah, I think we can. Sure.
0: And we're gonna probably have to be pretty liberal on what we're calling a bowl or a. Vessel. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, two cutting boards,
1: vessels. Yep. Yep. Um, You know, it's I did actually. I finally brought home my second uh, vice stand too. John helped me load that in my truck this morning. On top of all the basswood we filmed cutting yesterday, (laughs) it was still in the back end of my truck. So I loaded that up and brought it in there. I figured out I'm out of leg screws to attach it to the wall, so Mm. I have to get some of those. But yeah. So is your shop uh
0: reorganization coming along then?
1: Oh no. No. That's why <laughs> that's why I'm in this room because I'm ashamed to, to be in my shop right now. <laughs> it's you know actually it was like I I don't know if you guys ever get Something that just frustrates you so much that you have to walk away from it. That was my computer today, which is mm-hmm. in my shop. So I just had to get away from it. Like, yeah. I sat there for like three hours trying to get it to work and I just had to get up and walk out. Mm-hmm. So,
2: see, it's funny because on some of our YouTube videos, we get shamed because our shop is too clean, like the oh. video studio shop is. And it's like, yeah. it's just a TV set. Yeah. Real shops are not it's, like that. It's
1: fake. Those aren't actually planes back there. Right. <laughs> it's, green, it's green screen. Yeah, everything everything's green screen. It's like those
0: uh the uh fake invasion cities that they built in Europe during World War Two, yes. where it's just like all they're all balloons and yep. So yeah. Yeah, no, my my shop right now really needs a little bit of organization, partly because I've been working on like six different things at the same time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I have an extra one. bandsaw in here that I need to sell yet and
1: Yep. So if anybody's looking for a bandsaw, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phil will make you a deal.
2: Right. <laughs> they can buy the story of like this was Phil Huber of the Woodsmith Shop's bandsaw. Yeah. With a He only custom... used it on Sundays on the way to church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lightly used.
0: Yeah, with a custom mobile base.
2: Mm-hmm. And a fence system. What didn't have a fence? Like some sort of fence system on it, or?
0: Yeah, I made the fence for it. Yeah, that was a uh, another custom. It's a it's a mm-hmm. hot rodded. Mm-hmm. It's not your stock Craftsman 12 inch bandsaw. It's definitely. Had it's some gone. special
2: modifications. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: It's like the Millennium Falcon of twelve inch
2: bandsaws. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you take did you take the restrictor plate off? <laughs> Just running it wide open. <laughs> you have it overclocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Water cooled. Nice. Ooh, hey, you know, technically my bandsaw is water cooled. My bandsaw mill. Oh um, yeah. So the saying. water like, from the trees, the yes. Sweat from your, <laughs> yes. That's true. Yeah. yeah, but you know, no. It, my shot. This whole, this whole shop reorganization thing. I don't. I don't remember exactly where it's. Well, it started because I was getting the bench by stand, or I built the bench by stand, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like one thing led into another and then all of a sudden all my tools are on the floor and <laughs> i didn't do it and i don't know how it happened <laughs> so it it's, it's honestly a good thing because a i'm finding some tools that i i have that i have doubles of that i don't really need right like so i had a for example a dado blade that i bought from Harbor Freight when i was Oh, probably 10 years ago when I was building... Well, 7 years ago when I was building my son's crib. And I had actually gotten a nicer one. So it's like, well, I have that old Harbor Freight one. I don't need two Harbor... I don't need two blades, right? Right. So it's stuff like that. Or finding, uh, you know, three different antique jeweler saws. Like, I don't need those. Like, I got my nice... I have a nice new concepts and I have a nice... Uh, blue spruce one like I don't need those so it's like I'm finding random stuff like that, that I don't really need uh, so it's like okay let's thin the herd a little bit and I'm also um, I in my shop I had basically I had all my woodworking related stuff in there so like I had a book case in my shop that had a bunch of woodworking books and magazines and journals and just random stuff in it it's like I really could use that space for lumber storage instead of a bookshelf. Cause that's dumb. Why would I have that in my shop? <laughs> Not saying anybody that's listening that has a bookshelf in your shop is dumb, but I just in my shop. It was dumb. So it's like, I'm just, I'm rethinking my entire shop layout. So. Um, if you only have one dado blade
2: stack, how do you cut two inch wide dados?
1: Hmm. Radial arm saw One one pass.
2: Just <laughs> <laughs> Yep.
0: Exactly. That's his other mod is he put it's... a he put an extra long arbor it's on an it, arbor extension. the arbor
1: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the uh, no, it's funny. I decided speaking of the dado blade, I got rid of it this weekend. Okay. And not that I needed any more lumber, but somehow I ended up trading my dado blade for some lumber. Like I had a guy randomly message me said, "Hey, are you interested in trading your dado blade?" I, I think I put like twenty five bucks on it, right? Like I, it was, it was actually like an eighty dollar dado blade from Harbor Freight, which I thought was uh, was crazy when I bought it. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, "Hey, do you want to trade your dado blade for some teak? I have some rough on teak." And I'm like, "Where did you get roughs on teak?" But yes. <laughs> <laughs> From his
2: teak tree here in Iowa. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I discovered teak has the largest leaf in the world. Did you know that? No. Did one of the lar- one of the largest leaves in the of any hardwood tree. They are twenty four by thirty six inches. Wow. Oh, who knew? A lot of chlorophyll.
0: Yeah. Yep. Knowing is half the battle.
1: It is. Yep. So, mm-hmm. needless to say, I have some... It, all the teak he had was fairly short, so I had a bunch of, like, maybe three-and-a-half-inch by 16-inch boards. Like, mm-hmm. perfect outdoor lantern size. Oh, okay. yeah. Yep. So Nice. Yep. Finish them with some teak oil. I don't know how they press the teak to get that oil out. Mm-hmm. Or okay. do, they, do they milk it, like... From the... the... Uh, I was thinking more like like, uh, you know, like maybe syrup syrup taps. Oh, wait, I have HR like.
2: (laughs) Should I take that call? Probably.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah.
0: So I think I've been somewhat a little maybe jealous of Logan and his sawmilling recently. So I, uh, I brought this up in a podcast, I don't know, about a month ago, that I have this uh, rip saw, hand rip saw, and that it needed to be sharpened. So I tried sharpening it, and I believe that I was fairly successful on it so i was doing some milling of my own by hand with some uh i think this was red pine that we discovered or figured out that it was that i got from chris fitch
2: Hmm.
0: so i had a couple of blanks of it that had relatively straight faces that i could start to do some hand resawing i've seen a few articles about it in some of the other titles and just wanted to give it a shot. And it's stuff that is too big for my bandsaw right now. So a fun hand tool technique to, it's not like I'm going to go into business on it or anything, but <laughs> it was an interesting skill. Cause I think it, you know, overall it's going to end up helping me to be a better hand Sawyer. Sure. And, you know, being able to cut straight and follow a line and, uh, and go with it, so I made a've been making a variety of cuts this week. I think I did about five or six, maybe a few more, um, trying to do like half inch material from some of the pieces that I had just because you know for smaller projects, half inch seems like a good size to work with. Um, mm-hmm. And then I did a slightly bigger piece. I did one that was inch and a half and this one is like almost nine inches wide just about two feet long and i'm gonna do uh make something for my wife for christmas with that one so she does not listen to the podcast so i'm safe on that
1: yeah <laughs> fyi so, so i'm gonna ask you this after okay. after ripping with that handsaw yeah do you have any desire to make a frame saw uh, because that, I mean, traditionally, that's how you would resaw lumber, right? I mean, you could use a rip right. saw, but a frame saw, I think, is is seen to be a little easier. Right. I get that. Uh, what What
0: got me started on this, admittedly, is, and this should come as no surprise to anybody else, is that we are aware of the other woodworking titles, magazines that are out there. What? And... There's other
1: magazines? <laughs> <laughs>
0: And uh, Fine Woodworking, a couple years ago, had an article by the guy who's the supervisor at the um, cabinet maker's shop at Colonial Williamsburg, Bill Pavlak. Uh, and he did an article on resawing by hand, and said that when he's doing it, he uses a handsaw, a traditional handsaw like that. For pieces up to about 12 inches. Okay. And then once you get above 12 inches, is when he goes frame saw. Okay. So, I mean, I know that they're modeled after an English cabinet maker shop. So I don't know uh, if, you know, European continental uh, woodworkers would have gone frame saw sooner, you know, because I know that there's. Um, I can't think of the guy's name now, who's out of Canada, who does a lot of hand tool woodworking. Tom Fidgen, um, that kind of restarted um, with a frame saw, and he has a kit that Bad Axe Tool Works sells
1: mm-hmm.
0: for a frame saw. Is that a Rubo one, maybe? Yeah, I don't I know. think so. Uh, so, I haven't had that desire to go with a frame saw. I haven't really tried using one so I don't know. It was just more of a you know I was interested in getting a few more handsaws and a and a standard hands rip hand saw like that seemed more like I would end up using it than a sure.
1: frame saw. Sure. I just I think I feel like a frame saw would be awkward to get the hang of like initially. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like I mean I I hand saw fairly often. Heck, yesterday or two days ago I hand saw some styrofoam. Come on. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. So but I feel like using both hands and I, I just feel like it would be weird. it'd be a tough mechanical Yeah. Yeah. Rhythm to get into, they're I think. Very aggressive though. Yeah. Like three teeth per inch. Like they're they're pretty pretty meaty. Yeah. So for
0: right now, you know, for pieces that, you know, that I've been working with, mm-hmm. I'd like to use uh, softer woods again, like we were talking about in the vegan, mm-hmm. vegan woodworking episode yeah, so, yep. that I, uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm working with red pine and learning to resaw by hand. And it was, it was a lot
1: of fun. So Awesome. Reed saw some, I resawed some stuff this weekend out of a log form. Yeah. 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 Did a, did a big old 36 inch oak. That was really cool. And I actually cut, uh, a true hard maple this weekend, which I, uh, which we don't really see very often in Iowa. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a green mountain maple and it was probably one of the cool, I think I sent you guys a picture of it. When I was oh, doing that it. one. It's, yeah. 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 It was like one of the coolest, most colorful pieces of, Tree I've ever cut, it was pretty awesome. So, hmm. the lady who I was cutting it for was almost crying when she was seeing the boards come off. She's like, That is so amazing! <laughs> She's, she, I guess, I guess she had people like telling her she was nuts for because this was a derecho tree, right? And she had people telling her she was nuts for saving this trunk of this uh maple tree. And I was like, No, this thing's like it was amazing, it was super cool. I'll put some photos up on the show notes page. Uh, hmm. but it was, it was very cool. Yeah. So did she keep that at her house or what yeah, she, she did. What was yeah? It? Yep. She cool. was in she was in Marion. Uh oh okay. Yeah, Marion, Iowa. Um a lot of a lot of the places I've been sawing have been in Marion. I don't know if uh that's kind of the northeast side of Cedar Rapids. Yeah. I don't know if, if the northern half got hit a little harder than the southern half. Um no the city or not but yeah
2: so you've still been spending a lot of time over there in the Cedar Rapids area
1: yeah yeah I have been um, it's just there's so many so many trees so many people that want stuff milled you know I mean mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the people that I am there, there are a majority of the people in Cedar Rapids mm-hmm. and the area they just want their trees cleaned up they don't they right. don't care about saving yeah. it but if it's somebody that has a sentimental uh, attachment to a, a tree or a property for some reason; uh, those are the people I tend to be milling for. Uh, yeah, and it's I mean it's very quick. If I if I say I'm coming to Cedar Rapids, you know, on a on a classified post, uh, at fifteen minutes I'll have a weekend filled up. So, yeah, so yeah, a lot of walnuts, a lot of a lot of big oaks, um, that maple tree this weekend. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say that yours was probably more rewarding, being all hand powered. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not gonna cut those logs all hand powered. <laughs> no. Nope. Nor would I expect you to. No. No. So we did. We did film some basswood yesterday. That was fun. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that was cool.
1: Yeah, in the middle of filming, one of our uh, one of my arborists called me and said, "Hey, I got a basswood or a linden tree." And I got the address, and it happened to be like a mile down the road. So we packed up the, packed up the film crew, buckled them in their booster seats, and brought them down the road to, to mill that basswood. So that was kind of fun. So they were also taking down a huge hackberry. Like it was huh. massive. Could have, had to have been four and a half feet across. It was huge. Holy cow! Yeah, it was big. Okay.
0: Well, I think that wraps up another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, we'd like to hear from you. You can leave them in the comments section on our YouTube channel, or you can get a hold of us by email, woodsmith at woodsmith.com. We'd also love you for you to rate the podcast. You can do so wherever you get your podcasts from, your local podcast atelier or small business. So otherwise, we'll see you again next time on the Shop Notes podcast. A reminder that this episode has been brought to you by Inventables, a new CNC solution for your business. Make bigger projects faster with the X Carve Pro. You can see it in action at xcarvepro.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.